The message you are about to listen to is from the Household of David Mercy Conference 2023, themed Light. As you listen, the entrance of God's Word will bring light and understanding to you. Be blessed. Is somebody ready to receive this morning? It will have the first session and it will have so and then you have another one in the evening just before uh, the second minister. Who is ministering this night? Don't worry. When you come down, shall see. Okay? Uh, but it's someone you are very familiar with. <laughs> Thank God tonight that this morning that we have him. He is the, should I say, general overseer of TBC Worldwide and then of the envoy, the envoy in Leicester, United Kingdom. Let's welcome this morning Pastor Dele Oshimakide. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is head of the church, is the savior of the body. All things are made by him and for him. Visible and invisible thrones and dominions, principalities and powers is before all things. And in him all things consist. It has pleased the Father that all fullness should dwell in him. And of his fullness we have received grace for grace. For the Lord came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Let's glorify him this morning. Let's bless him this morning. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Let's thank him for choosing us before the foundation of the world to be blameless, to be holy in his sight. Let's thank him for sealing us with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for the ministry of your word. We give you praise. We thank you. We honor you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Father, as we teach this morning, everyone is blessed. Everyone is lifted. Everyone is edified. Everyone is strengthened. And everyone is encouraged through the teaching of the word and by the power of the spirit. Thank you for the release of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, spreading through the many and causing thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, give the Lord a big hand and have your seat. Hallelujah. Would you open to Matthew chapter number one? And of course, Galatians chapter number three. We will, within the next uh, 58 minutes or thereabout, try to establish a course which will follow when we come back in the evening. Um, let me appreciate Pastor Shola and Pastor Abigail Oshimakindev. <laughs> and uh, is that how you appreciate your pastors? And uh, the, the sound guys, please, you need to help me. I can't really hear myself. Um, if you can just increase the volume a little. So let's appreciate them. I mean, amen. What most people don't know is that my brother became born again before me. Almost one and a half years before me. And I used to mock him in those days. Because I used to look at him and I'm like, why are you, what is all this now? <laughs> I mean, I was a, um, how do you put it, secondary school boy who just wanted to have fun. Had a lot of girlfriends. Was very brilliant. Was just having fun. Then I see him. He said he was born again. He said, I pray. And I used to look at him. I'm like, what is this now? And I used to taunt him. While praying, I'll be singing songs that will annoy him. <laughs> just to like, 
what is all this? And just barely a year after I became born again too. And the journey started. I started challenging ourselves. And I remember one of the things we used to do in those days was to struggle for who would take the sitting room for us to pray. Because both of us used to pray overnight. So whoever took the sitting room would pray all night. So we used to watch ourselves. Because usually we wake up around 1 or 2 to start praying. Then I'll be watching him. Once I see movement on the bed, I'll quickly jack up. Then I'll, I'll take the sitting room before him. And some other time, he will take the sitting room before me. And that's how we start growing. And we continue to pray in tongues for the next five hours. For the next six hours. It was one of the reasons why my growth was very fast. Because the moment I became born again, I just took off. And uh, it was one of those that really challenged me. It was one of those that really inspired me in those days. And I never knew there was a calling of God upon my life. I was just having fun. Like I was telling him, when pastor was ministering, and we were listening in the office, and she said she became born again at 8. So I told him, I said, at 8. I didn't even know there was anything called being born again. So she's so privileged that at 8, 8, born again. What is that? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we appreciate Pastor Shola. Thank you very much. And um, I am not surprised at the great things God is doing. I mean, it's expected. And it's, it's just the foundation was laid many years ago. And uh, God has been so good. He's such a wonderful brother. We've done so many things together. And we still trust God for mighty, mighty things we're still going to do in the days to come. And he's going to be with us in the UK next week too. So, <laughs> and um, we bless God. Hallelujah. And of course, Pastor Abigail, thank you very much. Ever so beautiful, ever so grateful, ever so gracious. Thank you and God bless. You may be seated. And of course, the leadership of the house, Dr. Uzo Peters, Pastor Joshua, and the rest of the team. Hallelujah. And we also have, you see the way God works. My brother became born again before me, but I ended up becoming his pastor. How do you explain that? <laughs> that is what age can do. There are some things you can't cut. <laughs> because, of course, I went to university before him, pioneered the campus fellowship, and he came into university two years or three years after and joined that same fellowship, so I became his pastor. And eventually I handed over to him. And... Uh, he handed over to many people, and one of those people is Dr. Ebeleuzo Peters, who was also a pastor in the fellowship. Uh, pastor Joshua was also a pastor in the fellowship. Pastor Yinka was also a pastor in the fellowship. Pastor Murray, I pioneered two fellowships on campus in UI, VHF and Father's House. Pastor Murray was one of those I handed over to at Father's House. <laughs> so, it's a family affair. Alright, so I've appreciated everybody, so let's get into the world. And of course, the sister that ministered, Pastor Fumi, right? God bless you. God bless you. And uh, she didn't quite finish because I'm sure she was conscious of the time. The weight of glory that came with administration was so powerful. And as we go into this session, be very, very sensitive. Because as we begin to teach the word, things are beginning things will start happening. There are some people now, even as I'm talking now, you are beginning to feel a wave of the glory of God around you. Because the moment I said that now, the glory of God just filled the house. And it's very, very important. We're all very sensitive this morning. Now let's read Matthew 1.17. Begin from there this morning. So what I just want to do is to contextualize light. And... Um, so all the generations from Abraham to David, Matthew 1, 17, are 14 generations. From David unto the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Galatians 3, please. Let me just do the two readings. Then we can get into it. Galatians 3. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Please, do you have a keyboard? Can you just strike a key on the keyboard? Very soft, please. Um, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. 
And so then those who have faith are blessed with believing Abraham. If you can put Matthew 117 on the screen for me, let's begin from there. So like I said, what I want to do this morning is to contextualize light. If you begin to read Matthew chapter number 1, it gave us a summary of the entire genealogy of Jesus Christ. And because Matthew was an accountant, he did something that is very profound. He was able to give us a summary of what was going on here. Because if you begin to read this one, begat that one, that one, begat that one, you begin to wonder what exactly is going on here. So Matthew now said, let me summarize. That there, there is something in God called mathematics or statistics. That every 14 generation, something was happening. It wasn't apparent. But thank God that Matthew had insight. And was able to tell us that David showed up exactly 14 generations after Abraham. Why? And 14 generations after David, they were in Babylon. And 14 generations after Babylon, Christ came. That means in summarizing the genealogy of Jesus Christ, there are four high points that must be considered. And this is how you maximize whatever God is doing with you. You see, Matthew 1.17 is being repeated every day. That means if God is going to do something significant with you, it does not matter what God wants to do. God starts by Abrahamizing you. The next high point in God concerning the purpose of God for an individual is to make you Davidic. Because you have to survive Babylon and you have to manifest Christ. Did you get what I just said now? I'm sure you didn't, you didn't get it yet. So every operation in God begins from Abraham. It will amaze you that a lot of people lived before Abraham. How come when the genealogy of Christ was written, it began from Abraham? In fact, in chapter verse 1, Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David. The son of David, the son of Abraham. And you begin to wonder, so somebody also gave back to Abraham. Why didn't Christ, I mean the generation of Jesus Christ, why, why, why was he not traced from Adam? Why Abraham? That means the first light bearer when it comes to the seed of Christ was Abraham. And the next significant individual after that, which was why, you see, it's not making sense why Saul was not the choice of God for the first king of Israel. Because he was not the 14th man from Abraham. You could see that actually God had David in mind. But while God was raising David, the people got the timing right, but they missed the individual. Because Saul did not fit into this equation. It was David. And you now begin to see why so much happened for David. That in the mathematics of God, God already arranged it. That the next significant individual after Abraham will come 14 generations after. And David fitted into that perfectly. So again, I'm going to explain. If you are going to maximize 2023, the first light you need to consider is to Abrahamize yourself. What do I mean by that? To look for high points in Abraham and pattern your story after that story. Without Abrahamization of things, there is no genealogy of Christ. Because at the end of it all, why did God give us 2023? God gave us 2023 so that at the end of the year, Christ, the hope of glory, manifests. But it does not matter what God is doing in any sector, in any generation, in a life. If your story is not compatible with the Abraham story, God, God is here to start with you. Like, like so many people now, sincerely, and that's just the truth. I, I, I told them in church in the UK, this also, that a lot of people are in 2023 only on the basis of calendar. As far as God is concerned, you have not started the year. Because until Abraham is cited in your story, you have not started. That means how do you know you have started a new deal with God or a new year with God? By now, they should... I mean, so, there, there are boxes to tick. Let's tick the first box. But before we get into that, let me quickly explain the one flag again. So, Abraham... So that means every deal with God begins with a faith walk. It begins with a faith story. 
because that is how glory is transmitted. Acts 7 1, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham. Acts 7, I beg pardon, not 1, because 7 1 said, I had this thing so, and he started discharging. Now Stephen. And he said, The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham. So that means there's something even bigger than light. It's called glory. But glory produces light, right? So when glory manifests, it is that is all that God has to offer in the scheme of things. It's what is described as the glory of God. So when the faith lane opened, the God of glory was the one that appeared unto Abraham. Are, are you following me? And as God appeared unto Abraham, something happened in human history. And that must happen in your life in 2023. For the first time in human history, God became the God of one man. God never called himself by the name of anybody. He was never the God of Adam. But when the faith line opened, God became the God of Abraham. That means it is only on the faith lane God can be a personal God to you. What a lot of people are dealing with is a general God. So how can God live? We don't know how many people were on earth at the time. And he said, for the first time, I am, not that somebody has described it, he said, I am the God of Abraham. So that means God is saying, this is how I start with people. So where, where I'm going eventually is Christ. But Abraham fulfilled certain conditions that God himself can say, I can be called by the name of this man. And, and there won't be anything missing. Nobody's going to tamper with my essence. And God became the God of Abraham. And that was how the seed of Christ became defined. That means the first individual to carry the seed of Christ was Abraham. And, and that is profound. Profound. Then the next individual in line was who? David. Think about David for, for, for example now. And we're going to tick some boxes on David too. Why David? Then when no individual manifested in another 14 generation, there was a space. There was a gap. So they had to go to Babylon. I can't even touch Babylon in this conference. Why Babylon is significant? Why out of all the places to hide the seed of Christ, God hid it in Babylon? Why Babylon? And of course, 14 generations after that, Christ. So let's begin with Abraham this morning. Because Abrahamization of things, when we come in the evening, we try to look at David. So like I said, how do you know God is beginning with you? Because the whole essence of light is in his light, we must see light. We have to receive light. Hallelujah. And God is saying, I've, I've already positioned icons and luminaries. That if you can just pattern your life after their story, you will realize that they are light bearers to such an extent that the entire genealogy of Jesus Christ is summarized in their stories. So I said, how do you know you are starting? Number one, by now, let's read Genesis 12.1. Now, that is the beginning point. Genesis 12.1. Hallelujah. Like I said, be very, very sensitive because so much is going to happen. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Let's stop there. How do you know you have started? How do you know something new is happening with you and God has started a new deal with you? It's always a get out word. So if God is going to make your story to be compatible with the story of Abraham and you want to tick that first box is that by now you, there should have been a proceeding word, a proceeding light that is challenging you to leave the known for the unknown. Because that, that is the beginning of the story of Abraham. That, that the Lord is saying, get out. So what is it in 2023? Because these are high points that must be considered. This, this is like Christ development cycle. <laughs> that if Christ is going to manifest, the beginning point is that God comes to you at some point and challenges you to leave the known for the unknown. That means there's a route you know. There's something you know. There's a business you know. There's something you are doing. And God comes into the room and he rocks the boat. Without that, you have not started with God. And that's how we begin a new year. So God said, come out, look at it. Get thee out of their country. Oh, 
King James Version. I don't use King James Version, please. If you can give me the new King James Version. I, I mean, I'm not used to the King James Version again. Yes, thank you. The Lord said unto Abraham, get out of your country, you see. How do you explain that? That God is telling a 70-year-old man to get out of his country. And people ask the 70-year-old man, where are you going? And he said, I don't know. So have you been confused by God before? Imagine somebody driving to walk, maybe in VI1 money on Tonmelan Bridge. And the Lord said, that is the last time you are going to that walk. Without any proud notice. Once you begin to receive light at that level, that is God trying to make your... Because at the end of it all, now listen, why is this important? This is very, very important because it's not really about you every promise that god has given to you that is what the story of abraham is telling us they were promises made unto christ so god must see to it that your story is christ-centric is christ's great story the reason why god challenges us is that without those challenges the christ in you will not manifest because at the end of it all abraham felt it was about isaac but by the time Abraham realized and Paul was writing about it, he said to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he said, to seed not as of many and to seed as of Christ. So that means when God started dealing with Abraham, the one Christ God had in mind was Christ. Are you there? Yes, that is why it is important. Look at it at some point now. After waiting for 25 years, eventually it came right after waiting for 25 years but look at what god did he made sure one day he requested for isaac and what god told abraham to do with isaac listen to this is so profound you know what it was is to act out the story of the resurrection of jesus christ So it does not matter the promise that God has given to you. What is playing out is that God is trying to look for an opportunity and every opportunity to integrate the story of Christ into your story. I'm sure, are you praying with me? So imagine after waiting for 25 years, eventually Isaac came. And momentarily God said, take your son, your only son. Why is God always on abraham now you told a 70 year old man to move the man moved now he waited for a promise he got a promise that means in god now this is important there is no promise there's no breakthrough he has given to you that at some point also later he won't still demand for it oh you didn't you didn't get me but the problem with many people is that let's say god gives you a new job now or suddenly you begin to move into millions in dollars in pounds whatever that is the problem with a lot of people is that we take that as an end in itself but we do not know that the interest of god is that god is saying even though i can bless you but i can't still see christ in the blessing until i'm able to control that blessing until i'm able to tell you to take that blessing to moriah so the moment you know that there is no blessing in God that is an end in itself. Every blessing is a means to an end. And that is why it is important. Why is faith work very important? We are at a threshold in the body of Christ all over the world now. Where the real seed of faith must come back to the body. Because you see the whole essence of that message is being lost. Because most people sincerely and respectfully speaking have not really come to comprehend what that message is all about because people feel it's all about i need something i'm believing god god does it and when i walk by faith i get it and once i get it i move on it's not like that so the first thing now let's look at it now you want to do at the beginning of this year is that number one make sure there's a faith walk 
Why will scripture say without faith it is impossible to please God? If faith is not central to everything. So don't forget where we are coming from again, Matthew 1.17. Abraham is the beginning of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So it has to begin with Abraham if Christ is going to manifest eventually. He was the first individual to carry the seed of Christ. He was the first individual to manifest Christ at a level. And, and the factor God used to make sure that was in place and Abraham did not lose that on eventually perpetuating the genealogy of Jesus Christ was the faith factor. So beyond meeting your need, there is a seed of Christ in you. God is guiding jealously. And if the seed of Christ must manifest, it can only manifest on the faith lane. Imagine Abraham dropped the ball. That means 14 generations after, we will not have David. So the consequences of not walking by faith, they are far-reaching. So like I said, there must be faith walk. Let's be real. How many people really walk by faith? And when we say walk by faith, let's simplify it so that it doesn't become mysterious again. You wake up. Do you, do, for example now, it's, it's very simple. Do you have a word that God has given to you? And that word is what is making you to go in the direction you are going. That means like Abraham, you are leaving your house and you are going to a land that he will show you. You know what, what most people do, especially in prayer meetings all over the world? We are trying to show God the land. And we want God to endorse the land. But on the faith lane, God said it is a land that I will show you. You do not have what it takes to show God the land. And you are now praying that God should sanction the land you are showing him. The way it works is that God shows you the land. And by faith, you have to move in the direction of that land. Somebody there? So ask yourself. Because it is important for us to tick all the boxes. Because Romans 4 talks about those who walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. So Abraham's faith is not just a lesson in faith. It's a scenario-based faith where you can look at it and be able to tick at, at least seven boxes and you're like, my story. How much Abraham is in my story? How much Abrahamic content is my, the story of my life manifesting? Am I really Abrahamized or am I just doing my thing? Because the faith of Abraham is held up in scripture as an acceptable dimension of faith every believer must conform to in Genesis it was Abraham even Isaiah he said those of you who are looking for righteousness look at Abraham your father in the Psalms Abraham in the Gospels our Lord cited and referenced Abraham many times in the Epistles you want to talk about Hebrews 11 you want to talk about Romans 4 Galatians 3 I mean, Paul made special cases for Abraham. Why Abraham? So, faith walk. And it is in the faith walk that your story doesn't fit in into ordinary stories. Because every, at 70, that is retirement. But at 70, Abraham started looking for a land. And that's why he was looking for a city that has foundations. Who's builder? Who does that at 70? My father is about 70, what now? Maybe 77? Imagine seven years ago, they, he, he says, I'm going somewhere. And he calls me on phone. And I'm like, Dad, where are you going? He says, I don't know. Your story is not interesting if there's no movement from the known to the unknown. And when God is trying to introduce the unknown, a lot of us give up. Imagine Abraham staying back at home. Because when God is trying to introduce you to the unknown, some logical reasoning will kick against it, like age. Because who goes out at 70? And how do you know a faith work is needed? There will be something in your life. There will be one area of your life where there's no productivity yet, no matter how much you try. Everybody around Abraham and Sarah were having children, but they could not have children. Whenever there is a delay, it is a pointer to the fact that a faith work is needed. As a matter of fact, you no, know, we're citing Abraham now. That is how God tells you there's a missing link somewhere. Because God knows us. If if He brings everything together for you, you won't walk by faith. So deliberately, one area where on a good day you should be excelling. 
Because for crying out loud, it wasn't that Abraham was barren. Because give Abraham a guy. You realize that Baba was still firing on all cylinders. But, but, but you know what? Because Christ was involved, the seed God wanted must be born on the faith lane. It cannot be born biologically. Because at the end of the day, God will not request for Ishmael. Look. Look at the way God works. God looked at Abraham. He said, take your son. Your only son. Ishmael was not dead. Why would God say your only son? That means any other thing you get outside of the faith lane is not recognized by God. Look, Ishmael was... Look, if Ishmael should stand there and Isaac should stand there, as a matter of fact, Abraham was even already getting used to Ishmael. Because the way it works is that anything you get outside of the faith lane will mock what you're about to get on the faith lane. We challenge it. Imagine the day... Abraham was winning Isaac. Ishmael was mocking Isaac. Until God made it apparent that Ishmael and Isaac are not staying in the same house. That means if you have a promise as far as the word of God is concerned and you try to get it any other way outside of, outside of faith, the best you can come up with is Ishmael. It can never be Isaac. And the day God is about to scale things up at the level of Moriah, you will now see that Ishmael cannot fit into the equation. You will now see that all along, you are calling it breakthrough, you are calling it whatever you call it. But as far as God is concerned, he can't see it. That's why at times we are excited about the breakthrough. But as far as God is concerned, God is saying, what, what's that? I can't see what you are talking about. Because once the faith ingredient is not in it, God doesn't see it. That means... That breakthrough is not Christ-centric. It cannot fulfill the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It cannot be a, an infrastructure in the spirit through which God will come into our world. The same way Abraham facilitated the genealogy of Jesus Christ biologically is the same way there are people in this room, your destiny, your assignment, your purpose is to facilitate the incoming and provide a spiritual infrastructure for Christ to come into oil and gas, into banking, into IT. It's the same process. So Abraham fulfilled it biologically so that the rest of us can also understand that framework and begin to also position ourselves and say, if Christ is going to be born in banking, I'm the guy. And I'm the one carrying the seat. So my story cannot be a normal story. My story must be guided and guarded by the philosophy of faith. Because God is trying to get at something that any biological exercise cannot give back to Isaac. And like I said, it's not really about Isaac. It's about Christ. But, but this, is, this is how God works. There must be a physical depiction of a spiritual truth. So if God grants, let's say, um, a brother here, Let's say Dr. Dr. Uzo Peters now. Let's say God grants him an opportunity now to build chains of hospitals as a doctor. And suddenly he has this 500-bed hospital in three different places in Nigeria. And he's moving to South Africa. He's moving. There must be something physical to depict that you are uh, carrying the seed of Christ. But don't be fooled with that physical thing. And the day you are fooled with that physical thing is the day God will know you are not on the faith lane. Because one day, Dr. Dr. Uso Peters can just come out of his office and the Lord says, those 500 hospitals, of, three of them, four of them, hand it over to Dr. X. The day you say no, <laughs> God knows that you don't even understand the purpose of that hospital. That's a very good example. So that means it does not matter what he has given to you. He will still demand for it. And that is what now brings us to the second one. Not only must you have a faith work, you must have what is called a faith project. Look at Abraham. He wanted a son. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a son. A son. But God said, Abraham... I have something bigger that you don't even understand. You want to father Isaac? But look at all these nations. They are fatherless. When faith project is defined, now, don't miss me here. What God does is to tell you who he has made you. 
Look, look at the faithful. Number one, you can't show God the land. Then number two, you can't have ambition. It is God that will tell you. Look at Abraham now for crying out loud. God said, okay, you want Isaac? Let there be an intersection between your need and my need. Your need is that you want to father a son. My need is that I want you to father nations. As a matter of fact, I have made you the father of many nations. What God has made you is always bigger than what you are believing God for. Oh, you, you didn't get that. I think that will make your prayer lives easy. Because the whole essence of praying is to pray. <laughs> what, what do I mean by that? When, when they ask the Lord to teach them how to pray. The first prayer the Lord taught them was because they asked him to teach them. So that means when you are praying, the first prayer you should pray is to ask the Lord to teach you how to pray or what you should pray for. Because that is why in most cases people pray amiss. Because, for example now, I mean, look at the Lord's prayer. A very good example. It was the Lord that told them what to pray for. And there are instances in scripture like that that it is the Lord that gives you the prayer point. Like, for example, now he said, ask of me rain in the time of the latter rain. You will have taught in the time of the latter rain what you should be asking for is latter rain. But he said in the time of the latter rain, ask for what? Rain. Then it, it is also important every season, the aspect of God you are praying to. When you are praying the Lord's prayer that has to do with provision and all that, the aspect of God you are activating is the fatherhood of God. But for example now, there's an other aspect of God. When, when, for example, the Lord was talking about, please don't miss this one, very, very important, because it will help people to fight-tune their prayer lives. The Lord was talking about harvest. Those are the few places in Scripture where he gave direct prayer points. And he said, when you are praying for harvest, the harvest truly is precious, but the laborers are few. That the aspect of God you are praying to, you are appealing to, when you are praying for harvest, is not the fatherhood of God. It's the lordship of God. He said, pray to the lord of harvest. Look at it now. The harvest is precious. The laborers are few, right? The laborers are few. What will you be praying for? Oh, God, make the... He said, no. He said, the laborers are few, not because we don't have enough laborers, but because the laborers are working outside of the harvest. He said, pray to the lord of harvest to send laborers into his harvest. I can give you 15 different examples. Another very good example was when Peter, our Apostle Paul, was praying to the Lord. A messenger of Satan was sent to buffet him. And he, was, he prayed three times. The first time, the Lord did not answer. Second time, just like people pray today and you are wondering at times why the Lord is not answering. Because once your prayer is not Christ great, God is not obliged to answer. Look at Paul. Can you, can you fault what Paul asked for? I mean, a message of Satan was perfecting the apostle. And he said three times, I pray, take away this thing from me. But by the time the Lord was going to answer, look at the answer the Lord gave. He didn't take it away. He just said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul now said, oh, I get it. I'd rather boast in my infirmities now. So the same thing, Paul was begging Christ to take away. He started boasting in it. And the moment he started boasting in it, the power of Christ rested on him. We can also go into Peter. The Lord looked at Peter and he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. If you were Simon and Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat, what will you be praying for? Maybe to destroy all the sifting techniques of Satan, I suppose. Or to begin to say, I'm not weak, so Satan cannot sift me. But look at what the Lord says. He said, I prayed for you. It is important for you also to know what the Lord is praying for you by time. Because he lives forever to make intercession for us. That's one of the places the Lord unveiled how he prays for us. What was the Lord praying for Peter? That Satan should not sift him. No, it doesn't matter. What was he praying for? He said that your faith should not fail. Imagine. That was all the Lord was praying. I prayed for you. And you will imagine that the Lord will say, I pray for you that Satan will not save you. If I prayed against Satan, I've, I've destroyed Satan, I've removed Satan. Mm -mm. The Lord said that your faith. That means the Lord is saying the reason why Satan will save you is not because Satan is powerful. It's because of faith failure. So let, let me pray for you where it is important, where it matters, that your faith should not fail. That your faith. And he said, once that is the case, you will be converted and go and strengthen your brethren. That means you have learned something major. 
So let's come back to the faith project. So you want God to give you Isaac. God wants you to father nations. Interesting. So I ask you, because we have defined faith work. So you wake up in the morning, there must be a word that is pulling you in a particular direction. And on a good day, that's not the direction you, you want to go. But the word, on a good day, like I usually tell people, for the last, maybe 12 years or thereabout, I've always gone to the UK to minister. But I will always tell myself I can never live in the UK. Family holiday. We all go to the UK for a family holiday, for summer holiday. And I remember one of those years the children were crying and they were like let's stay back in the uk we don't want to go back and my seven and the mom looked at them he said which uk you better start packing your bag now because it was never an intention but look at it just three years ago the lost them moved to the uk that is the kind of thing god does when he wants to initiate you into the faith flow it will be something you were not thinking about that came via the word of god and you are not beginning to respond to it and it will compare you every morning to wake up you are confessing the word you are praying in tongues because that's how you build up yourself on your most holy faith praying the holy ghost so so what is that thing you are living for that because at that time too it wasn't funny i mean we have churches or i mean we we've been rooted in nigeria I've never lived in the UK only for, to go for holiday and to return to go preach. Now I'm moving the whole family into an unknown. But, but you see, that's the beautiful thing about God. You now get there. You now begin to see that God is not ashamed to be called your God because he has prepared for you a city. Here you are, you are there. But you don't have a clue what God has prepared for you. And that is why it is important for you to know you can be preparing for something. But how about discovering what God has prepared for you? Say, they that say something declare plainly that they seek a country. Say, if they be mindful of that country from which they come out, they will not have an opportunity to go. He said, but look at them now. They desire better. And but say, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God because he has prepared for them a city. Look at you now. It doesn't matter what you are doing. It's amazing what God has prepared for you. What God has prepared for you. It's, it's amazing. So, faith work, Right? We pray in tongues, we do all that. Then faith project. Intersection of my need with the need of God. So, nations were fighting. And, and ah, listen guys. Pastor Shola, the day God, the day Abraham eventually, for the first time, played the role of the father of nations, was the day God resolved the Isaac issue. Think about it. So, so at times, the lesser is included in the greater. So God wanted to go and destroy Sodom. Out of all the roads to go to Sodom, the only one place God chose was to pass in front of the home of Abraham. Think about it. Don't you know God was up to something? Because God did not need to leave heaven to destroy Sodom. In fact, he, he didn't even need to speak. He should just think it. Sodom will wipe out immediately. But God chose to pass in front of the home of Abraham. And God made sure that day they took light. So it was hot. <laughs> so Abraham was trying to... So at times, this light thing can be a blessing. <laughs> because it can make people to pray more. <laughs> you are feeling the heat. You want to go for a walk. And start praying. You know. So yesterday we were in the hotel and light went off. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> because, I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw that. And light just went out. And then the next thing, generator. Hallelujah. So it's part of the flow. It's part of the flow. As a matter of fact, the way Nigeria is today is part of the flow. Because it's generating unusual spiritual capital. If the country is not like this, believe me, we will have a lot of spiritual capital that we have now. So all things work together. They are all working together. They are not working against themselves. The Naira thing, the fuel, they are all working together. Once you love God. So stop complaining. Just love God. Hallelujah. Am I talking to someone? So out of everywhere to go to Sodom, God passed in front of the home of Abraham. And be sensitive. When God is coming for you, he will act as if he's not coming for you. God saw Abraham. He appeared as three men. And that's why on the faith lane, you don't despise people. Because the greatest appearance of God is still man. How do you treat people? Are you ticking the boxes now? 
Because if you are still treating people anyhow, God will bypass you without you knowing. It will have passed before you know that that was God. Three men, and they were going. And because he's God, you see the God in him, Pastor Abigail cannot just allow him to come to Abraham like that. Because as God, you have to seek him. <laughs> he can't just, he will be ungodly <laughs> to just say, hey Abraham, I came for you. So God just acted as if he was going. Because as God, you have to seek him. <laughs> and trust, thank God for the sensitivity of Abraham. Are you Abraham Isaac now? Very sensitive guy. He knew that was God. Abraham quickly ran and he said, my Lord, please come. Let me just give you water to wash your feet. And from water, he became suya. He became, <laughs> Abraham prepared a calf. Why would Abraham go through that? And in heaven, if you see the itinerary of God, God already told Michael and Gabriel, I'm going to destroy Sodom. So I'm sure at 12 o'clock, Michael was looking towards Sodom. And he was like, Sodom is still standing. So he had to call, Oga, sir, what is happening? And God said, please don't disturb me, I'm eating. He said, you are eating. <laughs> you are eating. I thought you left this morning with the fury of a judge. Because the iniquity of Sodom. And I'm sure God had to say, are you God? <laughs> I am God, so let me be God. You be Michael. Imagine God started eating. He left Sodom. Because he just found an individual who was ready to father something. And eventually God now said, how can I hide what I'm doing from Abraham? How do you know you are, have a faith project? That means on that particular issue, you are the only one God is talking to. He cannot hide what he's doing with children, what he's doing with banking, with oil and gas, with IT. That means in sectors and in dimensions, God is revealing his intention to you. He has, and, and, and that shows us something powerful about God. When he finds someone, he can open his heart to. God can suspend their, his itinerary. Imagine what that was the whole essence of that purpose was going to destroy Sodom. But by, by 12 o'clock, God was eating. And he took time, he ate. Everything Abraham put before him, he ate. And after Abraham started the role of the father of nations, supposing you find 50 righteous people there, that means God is saying it will be wrong for me to go destroy Sodom without first of all talking to the father. I made you the father. So what is it that God is doing that that secret is with you? That you are the only one he's talking to and he has he's so comfortable with you on that matter that on this matter you are the man are you receiving something do you know did you notice i was in that same visit as abraham was interceding pastor for me right that god now said where is sarah your wife he didn't have to ask because the moment your need and the need of God intersect, it will amaze you how God will sort you out speedily. If some of us were to be Abraham, God in your house, the first thing you are going to ask him is Isaac. Say, hey, sir, this Isaac thing we've been talking about, when is it going to happen? You become the father of nation. So, so that means look at your neighbor and write it down. What sector, what dimension, what thing are you the one fathering it for God? The fathering of nations is bigger than the fathering of Isaac. That means God must make you something bigger than what you are believing God for. Because only the father of nations can father Isaac. And Pastor Shola, in the same visit, God said, I will return. According to time of life. Why that same visit? Where Abraham for the first time manifested that he was not competent to be a father of nation. That was the day God resolved it. God just said, now that you got it. Because for somebody, your faith project can be, God can tell you for the next one year, you are the one that should pay for the cleaning of this sanctuary. Something as simple as that. that you're, you're not, and the day you start manifesting that. So, so don't let us begin to say, I'm, I'm on the faith lane without a, a faith walk. And without a faith project, there must be something that look. Oh God! Please just play the keyboard. Everyone, lift up your hand and just pray in the spirit. And as we're praying the spirit, the anointing. There are ten individuals here this morning, and this is continuing what Pastor Fumi started. 
the anointing of the Holy Spirit is coming on you in such a definite manner this morning because your story is also very very important to the body of Christ in Nigeria and by extension Africa and the Lord is saying yes I brought you here to show you that you are the one just like the same we have visited Abraham that there is visitation this morning and the reason for that visitation is so that there can be an habitation receive grace receive grace receive grace receive grace somebody's going to feel like a mantle something's going to drop in your hand now I mean you'll feel it literally as it's dropping now oh thank you Lord because the glory of God has filled the house yes Yes, Lord. Magada pregetina mama sida prekushtaba. Yeba kobobo. Somebody, you feel like a cloak being wrapped around you. You literally feel it. That is again the Lord saying, You are the one. You are the one. You are the one. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's wrap it up. So God said, I will return according to the time of life. And by this time next year, Sarah will have a son. One of the things we must change in the body of Christ all over the world is how we pray. And what we should be praying for and what prayer is. Because you see, one of the things we do is in most cases to think prayer is only prayer meeting. That prayer is a statement. At times, prayer is an act. By doing certain things in God, you have prayed. Even without saying anything. By hosting God, Abraham prayed already. And that was why in that visit, God answered the prayer. So ask yourself, what do you need to do? In a, apart from verbally communicating your prayer, that can also communicate your prayer in such a profound manner, without even saying anything. So that particular brother now, if God tells you to be praying for the cleaning of this place, the first day you pay for the cleaning, you are prayed. And trust me, God will answer you. There are, there are deeper dimensions of prayer where prayer is not communicated verbally. Where prayer is communicated as an act. And, and that's what we are trying to get everybody to get into. So as we are ticking the boxes, what is my... And, and look, Abraham did all that. And, and to now show the third one, which is the last one I want to talk about. Now we'll, we'll talk about the rest when we come in even. We're moving to David. An unusual love walk. Pastor Shola, Pastor Abigail, Abraham did not have a son. Meanwhile, God told him to be taking care of 318 other sons of other people. What kind of thing is this? There you are, you are believing God for a child. Do you know what it means to be feeding 318 people every day? Oh, I, I'm, I'm not just 318 people, 318 warriors. How can God so distract you that here you are, you don't even have a biological son, but you are taking care of 318 other people on the faith lane? You can see that faith is more than just name it, claim it. That is why without it, you can't please God. Here you are now, you are minding your own business, doing something, and God is saying, go sort out some other people that you don't even know. That means at some point, and this is where 2023 is very, very important, I heard Pastor Fumi when we are in the hall talking about how God is bringing people into entrepreneurship and all those things. Now let me say this. How do you know you are on the faith? Apart from the faith work, apart from the faith project, you also need to make a faith career transition at times. It's not for everybody. Because Abraham, before now, was a farmer. That means there was a day God came to Abraham. God said, family alone cannot do. Go and acquire military training. And not only must you acquire it, train others. Because you cannot give what you don't have. For Abraham to train 318 people, that means at a particular point, Abraham himself acquired the military training and he was not able to train others. In 2023, what is the career change you need to make on the faith lane? 
Because one of the ways God is going to challenge us is that you are minding your business and God will ask you to do something. Like my life, for example, now, I never knew I'll go to university to go and get a PhD. It was not my plan. I still remember in 2018, God came to the room and God said, look, as far as your ministry is concerned, there's still an aspect I need to integrate into it. You need to be academically sound and I need you to go and do a PhD. 2018. And because of what I've done, of course, written over 30 books, um, I was thinking that would be good enough for me to skip an MBA before going to do a PhD. And all the investors I applied to kept on saying, no, you still have to do a master's. You have to do a master's. Imagine I had to enroll to go and do an MBA in the UK. So I did an MBA, then I started my PhD. Look, stories like that are funny, right? Because here you are, after 40, you are now going back to university to go do what again? Yours might not be spectacular like that, but I'm saying, that's why we're ticking the Abrahamic boxes. What is it that God is challenging you to do now that five years ago you were not even thinking of? So don't let it sound strange if God is asking you to go back to school. And that's a word for somebody. And for someone, you might be an engineer. God can say, go and start learning sewing. Because you have to understand what it means to, to be a seed of Abraham because you're a seed of Abraham you have to manifest Abraham so Abraham imagine Abraham at his age he, by the time he started going to military school people would begin to look at him and say what's wrong with this then he called 318 people started training them Abraham was able to raise an army Abraham and the day they came to Abraham to tell him Lot was captured Abraham now knew look in 2023 sort out somebody who did not send you or who does not send you if Abraham should put his life on the line it should not be for Lot you know what Lot did to Abraham Lot walked out on Abraham Lot was not nice to Abraham because on the faith lane if you don't understand love and when we're talking about love we're talking about loving those who don't even send you because all of us like loving those who love us right like I was sharing with Pastor Deji yesterday, I said, Jesus is our perfect example. I said, Jesus still pastored the person that would betray him and the one that would deny him. And he didn't sack them. <laughs> because if we were to be some of us, loyalty and disloyalty, we would have sacked Peter. Because how can you, the day you told everybody your intention, the overall essence of your coming that I'm going to the cross and somebody took you aside and rebuked you and not only did they rebuke you after you died the person denied you and you see handed over the church to the person there must be something Jesus knew that would how can you the day you want to share communion you didn't ask Judas to excuse everybody you still gave Judas in fact you said the one that would betray me his hand is in the steel with me so he is there and, and Jesus never that's why the fact that that guy was stealing. Jesus did not sack him. And like I told Pastor, I said, isn't it amazing that Judas was the most scriptural at, 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 of all the disciples? Judas was actually the one that fulfilled the word. Because he was on the day of Pentecost. I mean, I mean, before the day of Pentecost, when they were in the upper room, that's one. That Peter stood up. And Peter said, Men and brethren, the scripture must be fulfilled. We the Holy Spirit spoke. Concerning Judas. So that means Judas was just acting out the word. He was a man of the word. <laughs> so, so at times as pastors, some things we call betrayer. People are acting out the word. Let them act out the word. It will not affect you. You will be fine. Because at the end of the day, they will go to their own place. Jesus made it easy for Judas to fulfill the word. Hallelujah. I don't know why we said that one. That is to set somebody free. So finally, as we wrap it up this morning, who do you need to sort out in 2023? 318. Abraham started training them, feeding them. And guess what? They went to that battle to rescue Lot. Write it down on your notes this morning that the light you have received 
is compelling you to rescue somebody who is that person and it's somebody that doesn't love you somebody that will never thank you even after rescuing them there is no record that lot ever came back to thank abraham in fact he was rescued he just walked away so people like that must be in your life and when you when you see people like that don't become a philosopher and saying i only help those that i help i only help those that appreciate me if people don't appreciate you see all those philosophy i will share it doesn't apply on the faith lane because at times it is those who don't send you god will send you to and god will say for some reasons that that you don't know go and sort them out go and help them and they will never thank you for it and you must never be offended as a matter of fact you should be rejoicing that they didn't thank you because great is your reward that means you now have God to thank you hallelujah are you getting something this morning so oh sir I'm good to see you God bless um 318 but the questions you ask yourself is this why would the Lord compel Abraham to go rescue Lot at the end of the day you now realize that it wasn't about Lot God was giving Abraham an opportunity to meet Melchizedek <laughs> did you see that so at the end of the day it's not about those people it's about positioning it's about things that God that means God looked at it God said the only way Abraham can meet Melchizedek is to go and rescue Lot because he rescued Lot and God knew by the time Abraham was appearing before Melchizedek he must have resources Oh, because you can't appear before Melchizedek and not give so Abraham first of all conquered and as he was coming sensitivity again before Abraham nobody met Melchizedek after Abraham nobody met Melchizedek in 2023 get ready for divine appearances divine opportunities things that are exclusively yours because as we're here what God is doing this year is to unleash all of God's best because he does not have any reason to hide those things again because the time is at hand and everything must accelerate in the realm of the spirit right so at the end of it all he was to meet Melchizedek and Abraham was very rest. the moment he saw Melchizedek he knew that was Melchizedek That is dimension of feeding you cannot receive until you walk in love. Melchizedek was waiting for Abraham with bread and wine. That was the first time communion was served in scripture. And the Bible says he was a priest of the Most High God. And when he saw Abraham, the Bible says he blessed him. Hebrews 7 7 said, The less is blessed of the better. He blessed him. And he said, Blessed be Abraham of God, Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth. And he said, Blessed be the Most High God who has delivered your enemies into your hand. The Bible says he gave him the tithe of all. And that is also a parable for those who don't believe in tithing. On the faith lane, there is tithe. This was before Leviticus. This was before Malachi. The tithing people are fighting over is the Leviticus and the Malachi one. On the faith lane, there are two important elements there. Communion is there and tithing is there. On the faith lane, the first person that received communion was also the first person that tithed. So if you are a seed of Abraham, do the works of Abraham. And to show that our Lord Jesus Christ was a priest after that order, how did he end? Communion also. Because it's after the order of Melchizedek. Only for Hebrews 7 to write again that he lives to receive tithe. Because those are the two important aspects in that priesthood. And why is this important? Why did he need to meet Melchizedek? Who was a king and a priest? He needed to meet Melchizedek to prepare for David. Because 14 generations after, Abraham must not just be a prophet. He must not just be a warrior. There must be a blessing from a king priest. Because 14 generations down the line, David must manifest. Who will be a king and who will be a priest. And guess what? Apart from Abraham, the only person in the Old Testament to speak about Melchizedek was David. Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your, your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Verse 2, verse 3, rule down the midst of your enemy. Verse 3, that people shall be willing. In the day of the power, in the beauty of holiness from the womb of money, you have the dew of your youth. Then verse 4, the Lord has sworn, I will not repent. You are a priest forever. 
after the order of Melchizedek. And that's where Paul took us from. When in Hebrews 5, he's saying, By so much Christ was made a shorter of a better testament. He says in one place, You are my son today, I've begotten you. He also says in another place, You are a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek. And those were the true scripture God used to call Christ into the ministry. That means even for the father to call the Christ into the ministry, he had to use scripture. And he was telling him that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That was a revelation given to David. Hallelujah. So there are deeper dimensions in God when you walk in love. So what are you going to do immediately after this service? There's, there are some people you have to call and sort them out and say from mercy conference 2023 i got this light light came to me that i need to sort out something light came to me that i need to father something for god light came to me that i need to walk by faith i'd like you to rise up wow praise god and as we wrap it up this morning what have you received this morning because you see as a teacher of the world one of the things i want is that i want you immediately after teaching to have points you need to execute immediately because that's the whole essence of coming for a conference it's not to just eat another revelation there must be something that after this morning session you have to do immediately and don't forget that's another good thing about the faith of abraham you have to obey god exactly and you have to obey god immediately obey god exactly because as i was teaching God will have told you what you must do. Please, don't change it. Obey exactly. And don't procrastinate. Obey immediately. And it will amaze you what the Lord will do. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the mercy of your word. Thank you for opening up to us the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for this morning. And thank you for um, my brother, Evangelist Oyo is going to bring the word after. And thank you for this great conference. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Come and give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message. To find out more about the Household of David, visit our website www.householdofdavid.org. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Mixlr. Or join us for one of our services at Praise Sanctuary, number 7 Surulere Industrial Road off Adeni Jones, Ikeja, Lagos. God bless you.